It's Calgary's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hello, this is Mario Tanaguzzi coming to you today with Calgary's podcast, a member of Canada's Podcast Network, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen in the city of Calgary, Alberta, so you can listen, discover, and engage. Today's guest is Karen Berry, who is president of Berry Commercial Real Estate and founder of Beltline Cannabis Calgary. Welcome to the show, Karen, and thanks for taking the time today to be here for our listeners. Thank you very much, Mario. Tell us a little bit about Beltline Cannabis, its history, and how it started. Well, Beltline Cannabis Calgary was a vision, uh, and originally when I bought the building in 2011, it reminded me very much of Amsterdam, where I spent some time in a long time ago bartending. And when I bought this building, I looked at it and I just thought, that's Amsterdam. And it was just, uh, it put a smile on my face. So I bought the building. Why did you get into this business? It was really opportunity. Uh, I had the building. I had been turned down by three of the national, call it recognized, cannabis retailers. And I couldn't understand why no one wanted this building to lease. And I ended up then uh, working with a couple of people that weren't as well capitalized. And when I was reviewing their financials, I looked at it and thought, well, geez, you know, my financials are certainly uh, there as well. And uh, so I took on the project. What are the biggest uh, benefits of doing business in Calgary? Well, Calgary has been an ebb and flow. Uh, Berry Commercial was founded in 2007 after a 20-year career uh, in investment sales, uh, commercial real estate. And Calgary has always been such an entrepreneurial environment that the platform to jump to get even low-lying fruit was typically easier. I came from Ontario, which is much more of a hierarchy. I think that the decision-making in Calgary is flattened somewhat. So the opportunity is there for people that work really hard. What are the biggest challenges of uh, doing business here? Well, the challenges have changed. So looking at 30 years ago, I think there were some challenges, uh, gender challenges. In 1988 was the first time that women were even allowed in the Petroleum Club. I arrived here in, in 1994 uh, with uh, stars in my eyes and absolutely no background on any gender situation. So for me, it was just full guns blazing and away we go. As things have changed and evolved and prosperity and economic growth has happened here, we have started to see a bit more of an infrastructure on decision makers. So because these people have had such a successful uprun since, call it the early 90s, uh, they have certainly grown their own organizations. So now we have a bit more layering in that decision-making process. So it's a bit more difficult to get to that CEO, that decision-maker, but it's not insurmountable. Why would you recommend Calgary to entrepreneurs who are just starting up a business? Calgary is a mindset city. While we have been through these 
very large swings economically. It is about the mindset. Uh, Coming from Ontario, uh, and again, this goes back many, many years ago, it was much more of uh, where do you think you're going to get in life? And for me at that time, the aspirations were somewhere in middle management. It wasn't really sort of an initial goal of mine to own and run at this point four different companies. But as business evolved, it just made all the sense in the world. So I would say that it is a significant mindset difference between Calgary and I would even suggest to you versus Edmonton, versus Vancouver, versus Ontario. And those are all places that I have done business. And uh, I think that Calgary sort of is out front with respect to that entrepreneurial spirit still. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about where you get your inspiration and, and your ideas and where do you recharge? Well, there's always balance in, in what I do is, is paramount because as an entrepreneur, there is such an ebb and flow and, and, and you do chase after once you make a decision to go after an opportunity. It's very absorbing. Uh, you have to be passionate about it because if you're not passionate about it, you've got a higher probability of failure. And let's face it, in small business, When 25% of small businesses are still in business after a decade, you can recognize how difficult that hill can be to climb. I'm happy to say that Berry Commercial is 13 years old and Beltline Cannabis is seven months old. Tell me a little bit more about Beltline Cannabis. Uh, What are you excited about this business uh, these days? Well, Beltline Cannabis Calgary is a world-class, one-of-a-kind, eclectic retail cannabis experience. We are in the packaged goods industry, but really what we're selling is a human interaction. What we have noticed over the advent of artificial intelligence, uh, the progress with computers. What we've noticed is that there is a disconnect with people interacting with people. So what we're selling here is that tangible, go talk to somebody. No, we're not doctors. We're not medical people. We will not give you medical advice, but at least you can go in and you can meet somebody that you're going to see there next week. Mm -hmm. So our bud tenders, they are the lifeblood of what we do here. And they have cult followings. What, what's your vision for Beltline Cannabis? Well, the vision ideally is to maximize what we can do here uh, and as well contribute to the underlying fabric of the Beltline community. We believe that community and business have a symbiotic relationship And through that, we need to be cognizant that as the out front people in this new industry within our city, we're stewards and we take that role seriously. So it's extremely important that we do contribute back to the community and also provide a service that we think people really want. Tell me a little bit about uh, the biggest challenges, I guess, you've faced in setting up uh, the, the cannabis operation. That 
I could sigh for a long time. Uh, it was the fastest run down the street I have had in my career. And every day I would wake up and I would, I'm a list person. So every day I would have no less than probably 80 task items to get done when? Yesterday. So this went on for about eight months from the time that we actually committed to making this a reality to actually opening the doors. And that stress level was palpable. I certainly credit the people around me to uh, making it happen with me. So when you look back in hindsight and, and what you know now, you know, what, what you know now, how can that have helped you at the beginning? I don't really think that there was too much that I know now that could have helped me more than follow your nose. So having already experienced various businesses, I was, I was well prepared uh, in terms of file setup, in terms of all of the moving parts that go into any business, not just this business, but you've got legal, you've got insurance, you've got administration, you've got printing, you've got promotion, you've got people, you've got uh, product, uh, you've got systems, computers, uh, rent. Uh, city items, licensing, governmental relations, you have media relations. There are a hundred different roads involved in not just cannabis, any business. As an entrepreneur, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? The best piece of advice that I have ever received was very simple. Opportunity reveals itself at the time that you least expect. So while you might have fear and worry and all of those negative things that sit happily on one shoulder, while optimism sits on the other shoulder, it is a constant battle between the two of them to understand that you are good enough, you can do this, and people will pay attention. You just have to have the muster to make them listen. Mm -hmm. I'll ask you a couple of personal type questions. Uh, what's on top of your bucket list these days? Well, right now I will be going down to California to do some personal uh, development through the Hoffman Institute. And the Hoffman Institute is uh, a, a world-renowned organization that is based in mindful work. Much of what is happening and the movement in terms of mental wellness, in terms of balance, is about being mindful. And that mindfulness provides an elevated level of, you can do it. You can do it. You need to be the promoter of who? Of yourself. And you're the most important advocate of what you're doing. So for me, the, I'm going down to do the Hoffman uh, called a Q2 uh, down in uh, Southern California. And I attended the Hoffman here. I can't speak highly enough for this, not just for people with significant issues. This is about people that have, you know, if you're a workaholic, as am I. Uh, so my issue is about balance. How do you find that niche where family is good, work is good, and you're good? 
And let's not forget about the your good. So for me, mindful behavior every day when I wake up helps me. Mm -hmm. If you weren't doing what you're doing now, what kind of a career profession do you think you'd, you'd like to do? Well, a couple of things. First, uh, doing what I'm doing now is a million-dollar question because right now I've got about four projects on the go. Uh, if I wasn't doing what I'm doing now, hmm, ooh, uh, people have asked me about running for mayor, uh, which is a consideration. People have asked me about doing speaking to assist others in seeking their vision. I think that those are two areas that are important to me. Uh, mental wellness, addiction, I give back. Those are items where I get passionate about that. And I think that with Beltline, I will be afforded that opportunity. It will show itself to me. And then I'll take that road. Mm -hmm. uh, but remember, opportunity reveals itself at the time that you least expect. So you need to be paying attention. Because when it happens, you don't even know that it's there. What book are you reading right now? The most recent book that I read was called The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. And it is a book which identifies a, a Dan Millman, who is uh, or was uh, part of the Olympic U.S. team. And he suffered some extreme tragedy. Ultimately, the book is about ego. And how, in, how to manage through ego. And what happens if? What happens, as an example, in his life, when he was going bigger, harder, stronger, faster, and ran his motorcycle into the ground and ended up crushing his leg? He's a gymnast. He fought back. He fought back without his ego. So things became a lot more difficult for him. And he still made the Olympic team. It was difficult, but not insurmountable. What I would suggest to people in terms of what I've taken away from that is that when you can manage through that negative Nelly sitting on that shoulder, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. Why would I? I'm too old. I don't have enough money. If you can manage through those things, then... Anything is possible. Mm -hmm. If you had one word uh, to describe yourself, what would it be and why? The first word that comes to mind is colorful. Colorful is an easy word because there's so many different connotations towards colorful. You can be colorful in business. You can be colorful creatively. You can be colorful speaking. Uh, for me, color is what drives me every day. So depending on what that hour is or that afternoon or that morning is, it's about being passionate and colorful in what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that keeps you up these days uh, concerned about? Well, my main concern is our city. And I thought about this one long and hard and leadership is something that I'm also extremely passionate about. And leadership is never easy, but it is less taxing in a positive environment. But real leaders, not real leaders, colorful leaders, show their colors when times are very difficult. And I would suggest to you, Mario, 
Calgary, since Barry Commercial started in the end of 07, we have had, let's say, half of those last 13 years in economic turmoil. And in that time, you will note that leaders rise to the top in tough times. So what we're seeing now is we are seeing the tsunami wave from our city council marred with what we experienced for four years with our provincial governments and then further through our federal uh, stewardship. So I see that as probably the most single critical issue facing business today. It's trickle down. We double our taxes here. We have to pass on the price. The people come in, they get upset that they have to spend more money. Therefore, businesses don't hire people. Then what happens? People get laid off. Then what happens? They can't pay their taxes. Then what happens? They close their doors. So this is a bad cycle that we're in right now. And ultimately, what I see, and I have not seen in any of the media, is where the heck are the budgets being cut? Okay? Because with the advent of computers, with the advent of artificial intelligence, our operating expenses are supposed to be going down. And that is not happening. What I found was super interesting when I started business was that if I had an employee, I would be okay with that employee. Sure, that employee is doing a decent job. But I don't have the resources to just have average people. Calgary shouldn't lower the bar to that. What we have to do is elevate our efficiencies. So I understand that no one wants to have the fear of layoff. But hey, we are capitalists. We have been on the receiving end of layoffs for effectively the last six of 13 years that I have had Barry Commercial. Now, fortunately, I have a situation where I can hire people, where we do see some growth. Lucky me. Isn't that fortunate? But what we're seeing is an imbalance between government and capitalism. And that imbalance will only have a wider gap as we move forward if we don't take, and I hate to say it at this point in time, drastic action. Mm-hmm. We're creatures of routine. Uh, Do you have a specific routine that you follow every day? I have done a a great deal of studies in uh, improvisation, in public speaking. And one of the courses that I took, which was the forefather of improvisation, was a fellow by the name of Keith Johnstone, right from here in Calgary. And that was back when I was 17 years old. And through the teachings of Keith Johnstone and improvisation, Uh, I try to keep things fresh. You are taught to accept what is given to you. As an example, when you see improv and you see Eugene Levy and, 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 and some of his interactions, then suddenly he is, you know, forced to have a, a peg leg in front of an audience. You are not allowed to not accept what is given to you. So from a very early age, I was taught to understand that things are going to change and that you need to adapt. So I am a very unique person in terms of adaptability. Uh, So I don't need to know what's around the next corner, like as an example for this interview. In media, generally speaking, you would prepare. 
In this case, I actually didn't prepare because it gave me a jazz this morning when I woke up thinking, how am I going to answer these questions? <laughs> Here's one that you're probably uh, not expecting. <laughs> um, tell me something that uh, people don't know about you. People don't know that I am the granddaughter of an Irish immigrant. So my grandfather came over here and uh, people don't know that I'm the youngest of five daughters. And all of my sisters are entrepreneurs as well. So quite unique, uh, all very successful in their own given industry, uh, but all entrepreneurs. So I don't know if it was the water in our house or the powdered milk or the margarine or, you know, the well of balsam shampoo that was put into the Wella Balsam container from the no name. Uh, we grew up extremely humbly. Uh, we grew up in downtown Toronto. I like to say we had a nice house, but no heat. Uh, so very, very humble beginnings. So what you see, which is easy for people to turn around and go, oh, look at that. It was probably your folks. By far, not my folks. Uh, not at all. Just humble, humble beginnings. Can I ask you a kind of an odd question here? So imagine that uh, we drop you off at some tropical island where there's no uh, there's no kind of electronic stuff, so no uh, Wi-Fi and uh, no ability but to grab the internet or anything like that. Except there's one phone booth there. Now we're going to leave you there on the island. Uh, you can make one phone call to us to come and get you. Uh, how long do you think it, you would last there on the island and uh, before you make that phone call? And what do you think you'd be doing on the island while you're there? Well, I, I, don't, I don't have a TV. I don't, I don't watch TV. I guess I would stay probably as long as the people on Survivor would stay because, you know, who needs to not lose a couple of pounds for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as uh, on the telephone, those that know me, uh, while I had a phone glued to mm -hmm. my ear for 28 years, those that know me now know that I actually veer away from the phone. <laughs> So I'm not a good candidate on the phone. So I would probably have an adverse reaction if I saw a phone booth. And how long do you think it'd last? 40 days and 40 nights. <laughs> All righty. Is there anything uh, you'd like to add, uh, Karen, before you leave us today? I just wanted to say thank you, Mario. Thank you to you and your organization. I want to say I have... Again, turn the tables on this. I have watched your career for a very long time. And again, in the advent of media and content, uh, you and your team are out front. Thank you. Thank you for that, Karen. And thanks for joining us today. Hey there. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to Calgary's podcast on Canada's podcast network. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters and write a review for us on iTunes and then connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn at Canada's Podcast. You can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. See you next time.